Hello, welcome to another episode of The Trainer's Hut, your favourite racing podcast. I am Todd Blum, your host, and we're here in the Trainer's Hut studios. Massive weekend of racing we approach this week. We've got Royal Randwick Super Saturday, the Epsom, the Metrop, the Flight Stakes, and a host of other brilliant races on the card. There we, of course, spoke to David Payne as his charge, Montefilia, heads towards the Group 1 Heineken, the Metropolitan. Gee, she looks prime for the 2,500 metres. So once you finish this episode, go back, have a listen to that one, particularly if you are going to include her in the numbers. It's uh, well worth having a listen to what David had to say. Amazing story. But this episode, we're focusing on Flemington. Turnbull Stakes Day, one of my favourite days. And of course, it's such a pivotal race day in the calendar for the Spring Carnival. We see horses via, you know, some go to the Cup, some go to the Cox Plate. And of course, there's horses on the way to the Derby. And we'll see a host of horses that will feature in the spring and into the future. As this particular podcast, this episode, we're focusing on the listed Dali Meribyrnong Trial Stakes. And speaking about good races and launching careers, Catapult. We think we've found one here. Black Tahitian is the horse we're going to have a focus on. Jared Magnabosco from Best Bloodstock purchased him as a yearling. Gay Waterhouse and Adrian by train. Bruce Slade's Kestrel Thoroughbreds. We know what sort of an operator Bruce is. Of course, he's a Trainers Hut alumni featuring in the first season of the show. So we know that uh, there's, there's quite a few key players involved there. Keen to find out about how the purchase of this horse came about, a bit about Jared's plans with Best Bloodstock, what the future holds, and how the stable's looking at the moment. So let's get into this episode of the Trainers Hut. Jared Magnabosco from Best Bloodstock. Pilkin Genial is flat, trying to get to it at the moment. It's a length away and running on air, Reno. Hell of a D with the front runner. Pilkin Genial desperately trying to get on terms. She's making some ground, but Hell of a D is hanging on. Air Reno is starting to lunge down the outside. Now Pilkin Genial hits the front. Coming at it, Air Reno, but Pilkin Genial wins it from Air Reno and Hell of a Diva. Joining me now in the trainer's hut ahead of a, a big day of racing on Saturday is. Jared Magnabosco, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd, for having me, mate. How you started Best Bloodstock in 2020, and you're already making quite the splash, Jared. Tell us a little bit about how the formation of Best Bloodstock came about. It's actually a pretty long journey. It probably goes back much longer than 2020. I've sort of come from a, a racing family. Um, my mum's father was a Hall of Fame jockey out of uh, Tasmania, and then uh, my mum's brother, four of them were actually... Um, professional jockeys uh michael riley rode in a melbourne cup in 1985 on a horse called butternut around fourth or fifth and i guess you know racing's been in the blood all my life and um you know i'm sort of lucky that a uh, racing found me because um i, I love the industry I, I couldn't see myself anywhere else so i guess my journey started you know f- from as soon as i was born but you know more recently i guess um i've i started working with um corporate bookmakers um my first sort of job in the industry was with Ladbrokes, doing some form and analysis, just understanding, obviously, speed maps and uh, ratings and you know, how to read, read form guides. And um, I started really falling in love with the data side of things. And from there, I sort of, um, over the next sort of five or six years, I just um, got more in-depth in, into the learning of algorithms in, in terms of the data um, when, when looking to study racehorses um, and races. So it was a natural progression for me to take the next step. And I think 2020 was the right time. I was sort of in between jobs. I had a non-compete with a bookmaker. I'd been going to sales for the good part of a decade, um, just following people around like, like a bad smell. But, you know, trying to take as much in, especially in recent times, uh, Bruce Slade, who um, obviously helped me um, find this horse. Oh, this horse is Black Tahitian, who's running on Saturday. We'll get to him in a moment. But it's quite interesting that 
background and, and to come into the bloodstock and ownership side of stuff as it's normally, you know, you work for a trainer or a farm and then you build your way up to your own thing. But you have come from that analytical sort of background, which can be a big advantage for what you're doing here. Absolutely. Like you, you probably don't realise um, how much form analysis has a crossover in studying a pedigree page when looking at horses when i get the catalog i'll go back i'll look obviously through the dams pages but i even probably take it one step further i'll get the video video footage up of you know the runs of the the first dam the second dam some of their progeny seeing if horses you know could have been unlucky um or you know to, to strengthen that page if i watch races i see you know sometimes you look at some of the size you know if if you know a dam can throw a good horse out of an average sire what can it do with with a better sire so even going back and looking at um you know previous pictures of the yearlings of of the progeny on the same dam's page to get an understanding on what sort of horse she's been throwing i think there's a lot of a lot of analytical side and data side that sort of helped me from my background but yeah like i said i can't obviously uh, thank the guys that have taught me the confirmation side enough uh, because you know that's first to none obviously you need to find a really good type and this saturday flemington the listed dali maribyrnong trial stakes black tahitian i believe it's the first runner in the red and yellow best bloodstock colors yeah so obviously like i said i, I launched um, best bloodstock about 12 months ago so it's been a long journey um in the last 12 months just Obviously, buying some yearlings and uh, weanlings, I bought a couple of uh, ready-to-runs who haven't made the track yet. So it can be a bit impatient trying to wait to get the colours to the track. And you know, I just want success for all the owners that are coming in. Fact of the matter is, it's a very patient game. You know, you, you sort of feel like it takes a long time to get here to have a colt. Um, racing in the first sort of stakes race for two-year-olds of the season. I, I, I'm sort of pinching myself a bit. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. He was purchased at the English Classic Sale earlier this year by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott, the trainers. Bruce Slade, who you mentioned, Kestrel Thoroughbreds, was involved. And yourself, how did that partnership sort of come about? Is that through your, your time looking at the sales with, with Bruce and co? Yeah, look, obviously Bruce um, is an outstanding judge on type and we have a lot of similar interests in a horse and I went around with Bruce at the Magic Millions um, in January and he taught me a lot of things that I didn't know. So I'm forever grateful for Bruce. And there were probably a few that I that I didn't get in with Bruce that I liked at, at Magic Millions, but I probably allocated my budget to some other horses that I purchased, so I probably couldn't go into any more. So I said to Bruce, look, I'm going to come to the classic sale and let's get something together. So we met up in Sydney, both had our shortlist, both went around on our own, and then we caught up and went back over them. And obviously um, the ones that we matched up on, I, I would be interested in buying in for my clients. And this colt, you know, I ended up buying two from the sale. Um, I wanted an early type for, for an order for, for some clients that wanted a nice two-year-old type um, that we bought. This one with Gay and, and Bruce and Adrian and uh, another one I got more of a classic three-year-old type with Annabelle and Brian Maguire. So this one in particular, he stood out. There was something about him that I hadn't seen in you know the hundreds and hundreds of other horses that I, I'd inspected this year. He oozed some sort of quality that just drew me to him. And he was like a mini deep field. You know, Bruce actually said, you know, working at Newgate that, this colt's probably the closest progeny that he's ever seen to the stallion. Um, Newgate actually stayed in for 25%, I think. It must be a big thrill to have an organisation like Newgate involved in what you're doing, especially after they're coming off the back of a weekend like they had last weekend. Yeah, Todd, look, Newgate um, have been outstanding. You know, Henry Field and the team there, Tubber, they're just they're outstanding operators. And, you know, it doesn't just go back 
to this last week of success. You know, these guys have really put a space job in the rest of the industry in terms of the stallions that they've got on their roster and, and the progeny that they're, you know, spitting out. You've had Stay Inside, who's, you know, won the Golden Slipper off Extreme Choice, who had, you know, hardly any foals, I think 20 or 30 out of his out of that first crop. So that's a tremendous effort. You've got Flying Artie producing Artorias, you know. So their book is really, really good. To have them behind one of my horses is really exciting. And you mentioned that you you went to the classic sales, that you brought the more uh, classic style of cult that's with Annabelle. This this one was your two year old two year old runner. Has he surprised you that he's up this early? I mean, one of the first stakes races of the year being by Deep Field. Of course, Mum could run, but the Deep Fields uh, traditionally take that that little bit longer. Absolutely, yeah. Look, Deep Fields obviously not typically a two year old type. You know, the only one that sort of springs to mind is probably Cosmic Force who's also now on the on the Newgate roster. But the damn Pearl Congenial actually debuted in the debutante stakes at, at Caulfield six or seven years ago. So she was a really early type by a good stallion out of the USA in Gino Ponte. And her first foal, which um, not many people would know, was by Capitalist. James Harron bought her for 340000 and they had a massive, massive opinion of him. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in a, in a paddock accident. So just with that little bit of information that she'd thrown a nice type already, she was a fast mare from a really fast family, you know, second damn congenial who won over 900 twice, you know. Uh, Toast of the Coast, who was a gun sprinter herself. And, you know, some of the progeny coming out of the family were Super Seth and Wild Planet. So um, I think we've, we're going to have a horse, even though we didn't expect him to be this early, we're going to have a horse that's going to train on, which is exciting. I think, um, you know, he's got the he's got the shape, the shoulder, the hindquarter to really um, blossom into a nice sort of three-year-old sprinting type. But, look, I, just, I really just want to get over the first hurdle. Geo <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ponte, he was an exceptionally fast American horse too, which is probably why uh, John Massara and uh, John Fry there, the team at Arrowfield, thought he would suit Australian conditions, but he probably just didn't get the support early to to come back out. But he threw a couple of fast horses here in Australia, that's for sure. No, nah, absolutely. And that same family line, Tail of the Cat, you know, it's just it, you go back and um, there's been plenty from that family that have worked in the Australian system in the southern hemisphere so having him as a as a broodmare sire i think adds that extra bit of x factor and speed and I'm really happy with uh, the end result in this cult we're looking forward to saturday at flemington but the rest of the stable jared so you mentioned you've been buying a few and you're involved in a few at magic means you brought her through the rest of the sales season at the at the yearling sales the horses in the waterhouse and bot yard lindsay park Annabelle Nisha, Mara and Eustace, it's a growing stable. <laughs> it is, it is. Um, very grateful for the people that have been supporting me um, early and good to spread across a couple of different stables and, and see, being so early in the system, I just want to really see how all these different stables operate. And obviously, I'm putting horses with different trainers that specialise in different things. I think Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott are, you know, by far the best two-year-old early trainers. Obviously, Gay's won five of the last ten Golden Slippers, so that you know if that doesn't speak highly enough of how their system is for two-year-olds, I don't know what will. Just to see how they've really handled this Colts preparation from the minute that he stepped in work, got broken in. You know, I'm really, really impressed in their system for two-year-olds. So that stable is going to be one that we really want to be putting early two-year-old types through the system, and and you know having someone like Bruce 
you know, selecting their progeny and being able to team up with him in some of the um, horses in the future is going to be a really good asset for them and for best bloodstock as well. So I think, yeah, Gay certainly suits that early type that um, a lot of people in the Australian market. The rest of the stable, are there any others that uh, are coming through trials or impressing in track work that are ones to, to keep an eye on, even if it is into their three-year-old year? Greg Bennett broke in um, an American Pharaoh Colt out of uh, Mexican Rose, who I think she won 10 of her 14 career starts and was pretty fast herself. And he was a real athlete. Bought him at the Magic Millions for 100000 with um, Lindsay Park. Ben Hayes and I really liked him and didn't buy him to be a two-year-old. He, you know, when we saw him, he was a really athletic sort of looking horse. But just, you know, being by American Pharaoh and, you know, the shape that he was, we just knew that he was probably going to train on and Going out to Fenwick and seeing him each time after he's breaking in and then coming back after a refresher prep, I've never seen out of the horses that I've got the progression and how much he improved over that time. And Greg Bennett actually said that he was probably one of the better breakers this year. So he's now back in work for for his second prep with Lindsay Park. He's obviously just turned two and he, he could actually come on a lot earlier than we anticipate. So we'll, we'll look to get him into work and potentially to the trials later this year. But whatever he does early is just a bonus because we didn't buy him to be a two-year-old. Outside of him, I've, I've got a nice colt there with Kiramar by Street Boss out of a, a dam called Misty Rock, who is going to trial next week. He's called El Padrino, so he might be one to keep an eye on. And a few other nicer, cheap, cheaper types that um, you know could surprise. The listeners there that are... Their ears are pricked. They follow you on Instagram and Twitter. How can they find you just to keep up to date with what's going on with Best Bloodstock and potentially get involved in the future? Yeah, we're just on Instagram and uh, Twitter at the moment. Website's uh, under construction. So uh, just at Best Bloodstock. Um, you'll find us on Instagram and Twitter. And it's, uh, anyone that wants to follow can um, you know get some good insight into our horses and how they're going. Excellent stuff, Jared. Thanks for joining me in the trainer's hut and all the best for Saturday. Hopefully it's... Uh, flying start for the red and yellow best bloodstock colours and you can't miss them with the big BB on the front either. <laughs> That's it, mate. Look, um, the plans with this guy is let's get through this race and try and, you know, run top three or four. It's a pretty strong addition to the Maribyrnong trial. So, you know, if we can run top three, I think moving forward, we've got a few options being an English horse with the, with the banner race on Cox Plate Day uh, for 400000 potentially being a second step should all things go well here but thanks for having me on the show it's it's been a pleasure jared magnabosco joining me there in the trainer's heart from best blood sock and certainly looks to be a person with a very bright future in the industry particularly with horses such as black tahitian on the books very much looking forward to him going around on saturday and what's going to be a pretty important race for a lot of careers going forward in the race day too as we set off the top very much looking forward to sitting down and sinking our teeth into that race day. But uh, Black Taish and I certainly had a big circle around him on, in my catalogue when I was at the English Classic Sales, so very keen to see how his career pans out. That's it for this episode of The Trainer's Hut. If you like what you're hearing, please follow, share, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also find it on Podbean. And if you share it with a friend also, it really helps us expand our listener base and continue to grow the show. If you'd like to interact on the social medias, you can find the Trainers Hut Media on all platforms of social media, of course, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So jump on there, interact, and get in touch. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if you think there's some guests that we should be lining up. Always happy to hear the suggestions. That's it for this episode of the Trainers Hut. I'm Todd Blum. See you next time.